This is Jorge from In Orbit, and you're listening to the MASHcast here on the Mash Those Buttons Network. To episode number 168 of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with the scourge of Iron Forge and games industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and uh, I don't know, almost there, almost at the, the end of the year. Uh, you know, game of the year nominations are up for everybody except us because we really don't do that. Tales from the Borderlands. That's your that's your that's your nomination for game of the year because that's what the fourth game you played this year. Yes, and it, of the four I played, it was the best one. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, how was your week, Nick? What's going on with you? Uh, it was good. I wrote a Wow Thoughts column for the first time in a while, so hopefully that'll get be getting posted. Oh, it's definitely year. it's definitely <laughs> getting posted this week. Oh, good. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, wow. <laughs> it's a ghost. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I wanted to write this column since September and this column was so hard to write. I literally couldn't write it. Finally got it out. So. So it should be a good one then. Ostensibly. It should be an interesting one. I think it speaks to a problem with the game right now. The fact that I couldn't write this column for like four months. So. Gotcha. All right. Anything else? Is it? That's it. I'm debating if I should pick up. I don't even know if it's still on sale. It was on sale briefly on uh, on Amazon. The uh, The Wolf Among Us for PlayStation Four. You're gonna tell me I should get it. You were telling me I should got it on Steam for six bucks. Yeah, you should 100 percent get it. I really enjoyed The Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us. I thought. I, don't, I mean, I, I I don't follow that um the Fables comic, and I, I don't know how people who do follow the Fables comic reacted to the Wolf Among Us. I thought it was it was great. I thought I really liked the story. Thought it was pretty good, and I don't know. I really like the main character. That's that's really important because in some, I would say, in some of these Telltale games, if you fail to link with the main character, the whole thing is like a wash. Yeah, you know, and they really did a good job with that. Telltale typically does a really good job. I've only had once or twice where I couldn't link with the main character. But yes, absolutely, go for it. You know, if you hear me clicking in the background, I'm buying it now. Oh, okay. Well, look at that. Telltale, <laughs> I will take my commission. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. For me, uh, thanks for asking, though, Nick. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. How, how are you doing? <laughs> I am doing just great. Um, I'm a little sad the Overwatch beta is going on an extended break starting December 10th. To like they said, mid to late January. I'm really hoping for mid January. I really don't know what I'm gonna do with my life between then. <laughs> I don't How know, long maybe have I'll, you been playing in this beta? Uh, maybe I'll go on a date. Who knows? 
<laughs> now that I now that I won't be playing Overwatch. Um yeah, but I'm a little bummed about that. I did pick up two games this week though. I picked up Halo 5, which you know, I actually didn't pick it up as soon as it came out because I heard bad things about it. I heard the game wasn't that great. I heard the story sucked. So I'm like, okay, I'll wait. And then a video popped up in my Facebook feed talking about what happened in Halo 5. And just from the description, I could tell it was going to be a negative video. And I was like, I want to watch the video. But in order to watch the video, I need to watch Halo. I need to play Halo 5. So I bought Halo 5 and I played it. I bought Halo 5 on Thursday. I beat it yesterday. There's nothing wrong with the game. Nothing. Dude, there's nothing wrong with Halo 5. Uh, the story, was the story phenomenal? No, but the story was good. I did enjoy the story. I'm not going to spoil anything. A lot of people are mad with what they did with some of the characters. Also, a lot of people are mad because the game, they said the advertising for the game was a bit false. And going back, because I don't watch trailers, so going back and looking at the trailers, I can I can kind of see that. You know, I can kind of see what they're saying. The game's trailers made it look like it was going to be one way, and in reality, it, it wasn't that way. Like, the, the trailers and the teasers. And also, there was something in the E3 presentation that just never happened. So, I mean, I, I kind of get that. But it doesn't make it. It doesn't make it a bad game. Like I said, it's, stop watching trailers, people. <laughs> your video, your video game and movie experiences will be so much better if you stop watching trailers because you don't know, in terms of the story, what you're really getting into. Well, it depends. It depends. Like for example, I was not very excited about Jessica Jones, and then I watched one of the trailers for Jessica Jones, and that got me super excited for it. I think that if you're already excited for something, a trailer can only let you down. It can't really make you, it, you I guess it kind of can make you more excited for it, but fundamentally, like, you're already excited for it. Like, like there's no point in me watching any of the Warcraft movie trailers. I'm going to go see the Warcraft movie. All it can do is disappoint me. Like, yeah, so no, I, I kind of see what you're saying there, but if there's something that you legitimately don't know about, a trailer can actually get you interested in it. Um, maybe. Well, how, Sometimes how else know, are you like, gonna, how else you gonna get interested in a game if you don't watch the trailer? Like let's plays. That's just as bad. That's actually worse no, because no, no. They, they, if you watch the let's play of a beginning of a game, do you know? Sure, the the very beginning of the game is a bit spoiled for you, but you can go through the rest of the game without really knowing what's gonna happen. Like I'll give you an example. Back in my younger years, when I didn't pay for movies. Um, I downloaded Lord of the Rings, okay? And I turn on Lord of the Rings, bootleg, I start watching it. I watch the first fight scene, like the very first fight scene, you know, when they're kind of talking about Sauron, and this is before they show Frodo or anything like that, yeah. before they show the Shrutshire. I watched that part. I immediately turned it off and went to the movies. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting defense of Let's Plays. Dude, this is, I, I immediately, I, I was watching it, and I was so enthralled. Well, that, that, that part only takes like three, four minutes, too. Because it's not even a full five minutes. Yeah. It's like three minutes or so. I was so enthralled by the first fucking three minutes of this, of this movie that I downloaded. Which, by the way, took a long time at the time. Think about that. Internet speeds early 2000s. It's true. So, and it was a good version of the movie, too. Like, it was pretty, it was pretty clear. 
turned that shit, turned it off, and went directly to the movies, like within the hour. So that's the thing. Like you can, like you know, I think developers would be better off saying, "Here's the first 15 minutes of gameplay of this game," and letting you play it. And that means the developer would also need to uh, make sure that the first 15 minutes of the game are enthralling, or or you can make a demo. Demos need to make a comeback on all platforms. The reason, I think I talked about it before, but the reason I bought Batman Arkham Knight, not Arkham Knight, is it Arkham Knight? No, Arkham Asylum, the first one. The reason I bought that, because I was going to ignore it. I was like, a Batman game, a superhero game? No, thank you. The reason I bought it was because I played the demo, and the demo did something interesting. The demo combined different levels at different parts of the game, but it combined it together seamlessly, so you couldn't tell. You didn't know until you went and actually played the full game that this part was in the beginning, this part was in the middle, and this part was closer to the end. They just kind of merged all three of the parts together, uh, which, it, it, nothing spoilerish. It was nothing spoilerish, but at the same time, it would, it, you know, you, it was just different parts of the game with different enemies and different things happening. And that made me get that game. There's a lot of different ways that developers or publishers can get people interested in their games without having these ridiculous trailers and teasers that have nothing to do with the game before we start the show let's talk about bulletstorm bulletstorm had awful advertising awful advertising the game was so much better and you know what i would have paid full price for bulletstorm if they would have advertised it properly if they would have advertised what i liked about it i would actually bought bulletstorm so get but guess what i got bulletstorm for five dollars because I wait, I was like, oh, it's five bucks. Eh, I'll check it out. And then when I try, I played it, I was like, I fucking love this game. So yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff they can do. But yeah, stop watching trailers, folks. Because that's, that's ruining your time. When I, I, I didn't watch that full video that I was talking about. But I went through reading the comments and a lot of the people were just complaining about it wasn't what I expected. They've ruined the story. It could have been this. It could have been that. Like, no, like, you don't work for 343. You're not a writer. So it couldn't have been that. It could have been. It it was what it was. And not looking at any trailers, in my opinion, makes it so you, it's more, it's easier to accept what you, you know, what it actually is versus what you think it should be. Did you watch the Batman vs. Superman trailer that debuted this week? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's your argument right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll wait, you know what? I, the reason I watched that trailer was because I'm not excited for that movie at all. I always thought it was a bad idea. I enjoyed Man of Steel. Okay? I, I did enjoy the movie. However, I... As, a, as You know what? It's weird because as a Superman movie, in terms of action... It probably is the best Superman movie there is in terms of action. But there's just several things that are missing. You know, there's no Fortress of Solitude. There's no... I was going to say there's no Kryptonite, but that's something that we really... As Superman matures as a comic, it becomes less and less of an issue. Uh, There is... You know, well, actually there is, but Superman actually kills in that movie. I'm sorry if I if I if I'm spoiling that for somebody. I don't I don't think that's a spoiler at this point. Yeah, Superman kills in that movie. It's just out of character, you know. It it really is out of character. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was 
I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything negative about it because I don't have anything really negative to say about it. But the way it ended, I was like, oh, I could watch another one of these. But then when they introduced Batman, especially Ben Affleck as Batman, you know, I'm kind of just like, eh. Eh. I really have no desire. Now they're trying to shoehorn these other heroes in, like Wonder Woman, uh, you know, Aquaman, Cyborg. They're trying to shoehorn all this into this one movie. I mean, the Batman versus Superman arc itself is. That's a whole movie on its own. Mm-hmm. You know? Then, supposedly, Doomsday's in it. I don't think that creature is Doomsday. Unless unless I get official word that that creature that they showed in that trailer is Doomsday, that's not Doomsday. I think it's Wraith. I think it's the name of that character. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen theories that go into that, so... I have a feeling it's it's going to be Doomsday only because people don't know who Wraith is, but people know Doomsday. No, like, and that's a whole other arc by itself. Like, why yes. Doomsday is the way it is. Why Doomsday is able to, you know, quote-unquote, kill Superman. Which, actually, the the plan originally was for him to kill off Superman. Superman was not supposed to come back. But because those comics sold so well, they brought Superman back. Comics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this isn't the comic book cast. This is the MASH cast. So we don't want to. I don't want to get too deep into it. Why did you ask me that? Because I thought <laughs> I thought you'd, you'd have an interesting opinion, knowing that you, you you do like Superman and Batman. I do. I like both Superman and Batman, but I just don't like this combination. I I really. First of all, I don't even like the way Batman's designed. To be perfectly honest with you, I was a big fan of the theory that that was actually Slade and not Bruce Wayne. You think that's Slade? No, it's not. No, some, but oh. it's not. But somebody posted a theory, and I was like, it would be cool if this was actually what they were doing. But I'm pretty sure that's actually not what they're doing. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and you know, I like Ben Affleck as an actor. I actually don't have a problem with him. No, I just don't think he's going to make a good Batman. It's hard. Batman's hard because you got to play two characters. You got to play two characters. You have to play Bruce Wayne, and you have to play Batman. Batman doesn't crack jokes, you know, and I can guarantee you this Batman will. Yes. Yeah. Well, he already kind of, well, I don't know if it was a joke necessarily, but I I, I did like the, uh, there was one line in the trailer that he had that I, I, I was amused by. Well, I thought she was with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's but that wasn't really a joke. That was kind of played straight. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Let's get off this Batman Superman shit. Let's get into the news bites, huh, Nick? Let's get into the stuff that really excites us. Yeah. Actually, there is one more thing. One more thing. (laughs) One more game I I, I bought, which was Battlefront. And I just want to say to everybody out there who is afraid to play first-person shooters, this is your game. This this one's for you guys. This is the most casual first-person shooter I have ever played. If you are like a shooter player, like into shooters, do not get this game and play it by yourself. You will be bored out of your mind. All right. What if you? I I bought it because I know ten people who have this game. Like per ten personal friends, not just like people on my friends list, but ten personal friends, people I speak to at a minimum of once a week, have this game, and that's why I bought it. And it's super casual. 
It really is. And I th- the funny thing is, if you go in there, you'll just be able to tear people apart. Because the, harder, the hardest of the core people, I think they bought it, played it, didn't like it. So they stopped playing. So the only people left are people like me who are, who are good and only play them for my friends. And then scrubs. You know? Or I should say, I shouldn't be mean and say scrubs. People who just don't, they're just not that experienced. So you can go in there and just rip people apart while talking to your friends. It's super easy. I was eating dinner while playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it was that easy. So, but yeah, Star Wars Battlefront, definitely, and that's $60 price tag, dude. Oh my. Oh my. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I, <laughs> maybe next week, once I've played a bit more, I can get a bit more into it. But as of right now, No. I'm not going to get into it right now. We've already spent enough time. Let's get into the news bites, shall we? Yes. All right. Uh, So first up, Sony makes the seventh GPU core available to developers in a recent update, which sounds good. I mean, it is good. It is good. Uh, From what I've read, though, it looks like the GPU update or that, that core is only available for sound items. Using like you know, it's for FMOD and, and things involving sound. Now the good thing about it is, is that you know the other GPU cores, a developer can take sound processing away from those cores and put it on the seventh core, you know, for FMOD, so it can process the sounds on that core, which leaves that processing power available to, for other functions on the other cores, like AI. I don't think we're gonna see a huge improvement, but then again, I like I'm not a developer and I I just know what I know about game development. And, you know, I, if somebody is more of an expert than me and, tell, and can tell me why this is going to be the greatest thing in the world, I am all ears. We're ready. Right, Nick? I think so. All right. Nick doesn't sound convinced. Moving on. <laughs> Nick's like, eh. No, it'll, it'll be good. I don't, see, I don't see the downside. Right. The only downside I can see is if Sony messes up again and fucks up the interface. So after I I think it was a three dot o inter, uh, interface upgrade I think the one when they first introduced uh, communities that one where the the interface was so slow and sluggish the your controllers they had a problem with the controllers disconnecting and the interface freezing I really don't want to see that again ever again Sony I already have a console with a sluggish interface it's my Xbox One. Don't need two consoles with a sluggish interface. Moving on. So, as much shit as people talk about Call of Duty, Call of Duty still has high numbers for the holiday sales. During Black Friday, Call of Duty was 10% of total video game shares. Oh, sorry, 10% of uh, total video game sales. That's a lot. On Black Friday, there's a lot of shit getting bought on Black Friday. So it's Call of Duty Black Ops 3 followed by Madden 16 and then NBA 2K16. And Call of Duty was, was 9.8%, almost 10%. Madden 6.7% and NBA 2K16 is 4.9%. So as much as people hate Call of Duty, it's still selling very, very well. Maybe among children, I don't know. Because all the adults <laughs> I talk to, all the adults I talk to seem to be like, oh, I'm not buying Call of Duty this year. Call of Duty sucks. This, that, and the other. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. I actually haven't even played it yet. I have so much other stuff that I'm playing. I have not played it yet. 
And I know Nick hasn't played it either. No, but I'm not. I'm not surprised by this. You know, it's. You know, time keeps on rolling on. Call of Duty keeps on selling games. Yeah, and I just think it's funny because every year it gets a little louder. People are like, oh, Call of Duty sucks. I'm not buying Call of Duty. Blah blah blah. And then they just keep making those sales. <laughs> you know, they just. That's why they keep making them. When, when people stop buying Call of Duty, that's when they'll stop making them. You know, that's how Activision rolls. That's how capitalism rolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was actually excited. Well, I can't. I, excited is not the word I would use. I was looking forward to this Call of Duty uh, because I enjoy Black Ops 2. But I haven't played it yet because my, I guess my gaming schedule has been a bit more full than normal. That and, you know, life <laughs> in, in general has just been busy. So, be yeah, a Call of Duty keeps selling. We'll see what happens next year. Maybe uh, maybe the profits, the video game profits uh, prophecy will come true that Call of Duty is going to fail. I doubt it. Uh, let's see. Let's moving on. PlayStation Now extends subscription plans to $100 per year. Now, PlayStation Now is 20 bucks. A a month if if you get the unlimited plan which lets you play anything. So having a subscription plan for a hundred dollars a year that's more than half off, which that's a great deal if you use PlayStation Now. To be honest with you, I think the only reason why we have this great deal is because PlayStation Now isn't going that great. Like why would they need feel the need to cut by more than half? Usually, you know, for paying everything in advance, you get like a, a, a smaller discount. 10%, 20%, 25% at the most. But more than 50%? That that just tells me that PlayStation Now isn't doing that great. Well, what I don't quite understand. I mean, don't get me wrong. As, as somebody who likes video games, likes cheap video games, you know, I'm, I'm all for a price cut to PlayStation Now. Like, as a consumer, great. But... They announced at that PlayStation experience on Saturday that the PlayStation there were some PlayStation 2 games actually coming to the PlayStation 4. I think we maybe we talked about this last week, the uh uh that they they they've started re- like they, they revealed the backwards compatibility with PlayStation 2 games on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. But it's not it's not like the Xbox One com- backwards compatibility whereas all of a sudden your games will just work. In this case, it's you have to buy you have to buy the old games again. They put they they announced a bunch of games on sale for ten to fifteen bucks, um, I guess through the PlayStation Store, and this seems directly to compete with that. Like one of the appeals I thought to PlayStation Now was that they have this entire backlog, and it's basically you just pay a monthly fee and you can get into that, and making that more enticing. At the same time, you're like, and we'll have these games individually for sale. Like I guess if. I guess if you don't want a monthly fee, if you just want know you only want one or two games and you're just going to pay for them and download them to your system and be done with it, that's awesome. But if you like if you know you're going to want a whole bunch of games, if you know you're going to be playing like a different roster of games every month and you're fine paying whatever the monthly fee is, yeah, the PlayStation Now news is amazing. Yeah, I guess I mean I don't know. I don't think they're really expecting from Microsoft to be working actively on backward compatibility. And now they're just kind of like... Because the PlayStation Now offering sound sounds much better when Microsoft had no 
competitor for it. When Microsoft had no way to get you to to play your older games. Yes. And now it's like, well, Microsoft is like, well, all your old games are just going to work. And if you already paid for them, great. They'll just show up in your library. If you have the discs, just pop it in and it's going to work. PlayStation Now doesn't look so great anymore. No. PlayStation got caught flat-footed on this. Yeah. So if they're going to do backward compatibility, they just need to do it flat out and catch up. They, if, they, if they can do a PS2 emulator, they should allow you to pop your PS2 disc in, let the emulator catch it, and let the emulator play your games. Yes. That should be it. There should be no, well, use PlayStation Now for this. And then if you want to play PS2 games, rebuy them on the PlayStation Store. Yeah. Now. Now you you gotta you gotta you gotta catch up, Sony. That said, one I kind of like PlayStation Two games in HD, or I should say, PlayStation Two games on an HD TV look terrible. They do. So I mean, this isn't exactly like 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 this isn't exactly super exciting. Like you're going to be in for a subpar experience. Hopefully, what you remember and enjoy of the game can get past how terrible they look. Um, but that said, though, like this feels, and I'm not sure if you want to credit like the the xbox announcement about the backwards compatibility or you want to sort of attribute it to this announcement by sony about how they're handling backwards compatibility this feels to me like the inflection point when xbox finally starts to move ahead and it's not it's not going to be reflected in the sales for a long time i think we've both been talking up the the we've both been huge supporters of phil spencer yeah, and we love what he's been doing with Xbox. Even though I am a self-avowed PlayStation fanboy, I have no plans to buy an Xbox. I love what they're doing. This feels like the moment where Xbox is going to wind up winning this generation, and it's going to take them until the end of the generation. And then we're going to—I think we're going to wind up seeing kind of like how we did with the PlayStation Three and the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty—that it's going to be a bit. It's going to be fairly close in the end. Although I think we even argued about how close it was. I think the PlayStation still came out ahead in the end, but it wasn't oh, yeah. nearly as much of a curb stomping as it could have been. Um, like I, I, like PlayStation may still come out technically ahead in this, but I think this is where Xbox is going to start to gain a lot of ground. It's going to take them some time because they have a lot of ga- ground to gain, but I think people are going to start to look at the Xbox and see that that has a better value than the PlayStation. Yes, though, I mean, I, I, the funny thing about my Xbox right now, I finally was able to justify getting the battery pack for it as opposed to using regular batteries because I ran out of batteries twice in the last three weeks. I thought you were going to say you could finally justify turning it on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been using it a lot more. Yeah. I've been using it a lot more. Like, I, my PlayStation, I really haven't used it uh, for the past few weeks because, one, I've been using HBO Go on my Xbox, but two, I've been playing Xbox games. You know? So, yeah, like, I think it is definitely catching up. And now, I think, I really think. Microsoft needs to hammer it in again next year. You know, a couple of good releases throughout the year, one or two good releases in the early year, and then bring it home during the holiday season. Because to be honest with you, this year, I don't, Sony really had no answer. They had nothing this holiday season. No, they, if I didn't have both consoles and I was looking at it just from this year alone, I'm like, what did PlayStation have that would draw me to it? Microsoft had Halo 5. They had backward compatibility. They had Rise of the Tomb Raider. You know, it's uh, that's why I was surprised that I was surprised that PlayStation outsold Xbox over you know the Thanksgiving weekend. But 
that's because I really didn't include the fact that a lot of people's friends already have PlayStations, which is a, that's why I'm not a market analyst. <laughs> but, that, you know. and, no, but, and that's really the only thing that Xbox has to overcome is just sort of the installed base and momentum. But I think they're on the right track that, you know, it's like watching a foot race and the, the slow guy, he's, he's behind now, but all of a sudden he's starting to run faster. He's actually running faster than the guy in the lead, but he's got to get caught up to him. Yeah. Phil Spencer is hungry and it shows. <laughs> Just imagine Phil Spencer sitting down to a table full of food, like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> they know, I, I really, I really like the decision they, they with Phil Spencer, at the, at putting Phil yes. Spencer as the head of Xbox, because he knows where they are. Yes. He knows where they are, and he knows what they have to do. This is like, you know, Cass Harai with the PlayStation 3. Yes. You know? That's that's what this is like, and it's like it's happening again, you guys. <laughs> like this is gonna be awesome. Just imagine when both Xbox and PlayStation Four are on level footing, and now they have to really compete. They have to slug it out to get your dollars. The the, the things that they'll do, the the programs they'll come up with, they're gonna be fighting for, uh, you know, uh fighting for first-party titles and putting a lot of money behind those titles to make the games awesome, to make system sellers, because they need it. I, I, I can't wait for it. Can't you hear the excitement in my voice? I know, it's great. <laughs> Normally, I feel like we get to these places where we're very dour, and like we're, yeah. actually, we're actually excited for once. Like It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, <laughs> I know there's there's somebody with a PlayStation flag in their hand right now calling me a traitor saying I'm switching sides. I'm not switching sides, I'm PC Master Race. You are all beneath <laughs> me. You're all beneath me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. That's all. Yeah. Sony's not the race. Sony was really known for their first-party titles, and I don't think they're really leveraging that power right now. They're leveraging Final Fantasy VII. Square is leveraging Final Fantasy VII. But Sony is, is like, driving the car for them. <laughs> they're running alongside them. I'll give you that. To my knowledge, the new Final Fantasy VII, the remake, is going to be on Xbox One as well. It's just going to come out later. Well, same thing for Tomb Raider, though. Well, not according to Microsoft. I thought I thought Rise of the Tomb Raider was coming out on PlayStation Four at some point. No, that was just rumored. It was oh. rumored that they were going to make a Rise of the Tomb Raider definitive edition, and that's how they get it on uh, PlayStation. But Microsoft says no dice. Microsoft is actually publishing that game. Ah, so that's how it's exclusive. Oh yeah, Microsoft was like, no soup for you. And then, you know, Rise of the Tomb Raider was a good game. It's not a system seller. Neither neither console has a system seller right now. When you're looking at your consoles, for those who haven't bought either, you have to look at the collection of games that they have. But I'm I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not going to disagree with you because, like, like we said, we can't. Like, I guess the fundamental like the game for PlayStation is Destiny, which doesn't make sense. But like, neither console is a system seller yet. The PlayStation Four is flying off the shelves faster than the PlayStation Three. Yes, it is. It is. So, like, how? <laughs> it's no, like, no, like, it's, like, Sony's just like buy this. Like, we're not going to tell you any reason to actually do it, but just buy it. And it's are. not because of Sony. It's because of Microsoft. 
<laughs> that's the truth. It's because Microsoft fucked up so bad on the Xbox launch. The, the gamers were hungry. Gamers were hungry for new consoles. Whatever came out, they were going to buy. All Microsoft didn't have to do was fuck it up. All they didn't have to do was fuck it up. And they fucked it up. To go back, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, to go back to my foot race analogy, it's like Phil Spencer like shot himself in the foot and then like gave PlayStation a huge head start and was like, I'm still going to beat you in this foot race. And well, now no, he's running. No, he didn't shoot himself in the foot. Somebody else shot him in the foot. Well, that's true, that's true. They started. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't even start him at the starting line. They started him like at another stadium, like miles away, like start running now. <laughs> Yes, but that's why PlayStation sold so well, because the Microsoft policy seemed so anti-gamer. And, and they were. They mm-hmm. were. <laughs> you know, the Microsoft policies were very anti-gamer, and you could tell that they were catering toward a non-gaming audience, or for a general audience, versus making a console for gamers. And because of that, that pushed so many people toward PlayStation, because gamers, one thing you don't want to make gamers feel is marginalized. You know, these brands, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, they were all built on the backs of gamers and gamers dollars. And now you're like, well, now we have a lot of visibility. So we're just going to like, you know, we really don't need you guys anymore. We're going to sell to a broader audience and they see how well that worked out for them. Nobody's buying a $500 set top box. That's been proven time and time again. (laughs) And people still do it. Shit, nobody wants to buy a $500 console, to be perfectly honest with you. $400 is the sweet spot, and it's always going to be the sweet spot, in my opinion, unless the American economy takes a jump. And still, no. But yeah, Sony's not selling PlayStation 4s because the system is just that great. It's selling PlayStation 4s because compared to the competitor, it's just that great. So they can thank Microsoft. They need to send them a cake or something. <laughs> You know, when when they hit that thirty million, they should have sent them a kick and says, Hey, we did it. <laughs> Thanks for the support. Cause yeah, without Microsoft flubbing it the way they did, this race will be way tighter. Way tighter. And you know what? Microsoft has a lot of advantages over Sony. Especially like their multiplayer network using the Azure Cloud. Come on, man. Like that you know, whenever the two services get attacked Xbox Live may be down for a day. I'd call that a bad attack if it's down for a full day. Whereas the PlayStation Network will be down for like a week. You know, trying to try to get this stuff fixed. Microsoft, like, yeah, it's 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 we're not looking at the same Xbox from 2013, folks. So whenever you're looking at you know, if you're looking at getting a new console, you gotta look at both. What do both offer you and what what you know, what do you want? And that does also include your friends. If all of your friends have PlayStation 4 as well, that may may just be that. You know? Actually, I just had a friend who... Uh, his friend bought a PS4 because he had a PS4. And he's like, okay, Greg, I got this PS4. What racing games can I get for it? Oh! <laughs> yeah. Oh! Yeah, and I was just like, ooh, that sucks. <laughs> I was like, there's a PlayStation Plus version of Drive Club if you want to try it. <laughs> Wish you could have that one back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's true. You know what I was saying? Like, look, man, like PlayStation doesn't have any great racing games out right now. Like, though, if you are racing, you actually need to go to Xbox. Mm-hmm. So, oh, well. 
that's brutal. That is. Uh, <laughs> last news bite. Uh, we I think we talked briefly, very briefly, a few weeks ago about this game from Epic called Paragon. Nobody knew what it was, and finally, uh, at the PlayStation Experience, it was revealed that Epic Games is making a MOBA, and it's called Paragon. It's for PS4 and PC. I'm curious to see if there's going to be crossplay there. And it's a third-person MOBA. Um, so now you know. No other details yet. I think there's, like, factions? That's what it looked like. I thought Maybe those were classes and not factions. I have to go back and look at the website, because the website didn't have that much info on it. Uh, one thing I do know is that Nick hates the trailer. Yes, the uh, the actual announced trailer. I didn't care for the music. I didn't care for the like. It was just general general CGI footage of people shooting each other. Like that's every game nowadays. Like I need more. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> Epic. We had a, a, a short conversation before we started. Epic has always been bad at trailers. Then fix it if you the, know that's a problem. <laughs> the the trailer for Bulletstorm were terrible. The marketing for Bulletstorm is terrible in general, but the trailers for Gears of War, Gears of War 2, Gears of War 3, I hated all of those trailers. You don't remember the Gears of War trailer with that, that, that those slow songs? That yeah, they the Mad, actually, the, uh, the, well, I don't know if it was a trailer, but it was at least a TV commercial where they had they were playing the piano version of Mad World. Yes. I actually like that one. Although, I didn't go out and buy Gears of War as a result of it, so, you know, what good did it do? But I actually thought that was okay. No, I disagree. Like the war is—is is, well, first of all, the game is a dude bro game about dudes with huge muscles killing other things with huge muscles. <laughs> the point is that the point is that dude bros have feelings. No, they don't. <laughs> you know, if I, if I could just say on a side note, the commercial that I did appreciate that almost made me go out and buy the game, even though I'm not going to buy the game because I have no actual interest in it, was the Idris Elba uh, selling Rainbow Six. Really? Yes, I saw that commercial. And I was like. I would buy this game if I didn't know exactly what that game was. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I saw this trailer, and I'm like, why? Like, this isn't some like, yeah, like this game is not as elegant to to have Idris, Idris Elba. I hardly say his name, and yeah. like in the trailer, like it's not an elegant game. He wasn't elegant. He was badass. He was uh, letting shit blow up and and people going through walls and shit. I was I was enjoying that. Well, it must be the accent. God took it as elegant. Well, no, he, he, he's, I, I think this is one of those things why people say he could, he would make a good James Bond because he does have that like British elegance to him, but he's also a badass. Like he's, he, he could like, he, he, he will tear shit up. I enjoyed yeah, it. I thought I, it, I thought I, it was good I, casting. I think he made a, a good James Bond. Yeah, I, I think so too. But I thought he had a good answer for that though. He said he, he'd, he'd rather play his own characters and play something already established. Oh, so. okay. Well, good for him. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. Him and Phil Spencer, they get the thumbs up from the MASHcast today. <laughs> MASHcast approved. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move into our actual topics. Top of the topics from the video, from the, not, sorry, not the video game awards, from the game awards. It's not the VGAs anymore, folks. It's the same production people, though, so I just ignored it anyway. Maybe I shouldn't have. Uh, apparently you know, it's apparently it getting a lot more respectable. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, because the VGAs are just disrespectful to everybody. It was disrespectful to gamers and to video games. They moved them off of Spike TV, or at least they got Spike TV out of sort of the, the, the involvement, didn't they? Yeah. Because like, it's not like David Spade or, or who was it the one year that was hosting that uh, the uh, dude Joel from McHale soup, yeah. that, like, pissed everybody off? Yeah, the dude, the dude from Talk Soup. Because... Yeah, because he, he was being Joel McHale, which 
Yeah, so I, yeah, I could see how that might rub some people the wrong way, but yeah, this well, yeah, it, it seems like this was actually like a, a sort of a more solemn award show, less focused. Well, I guess it was still focused on hype and stuff, but less so. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So one of the big parts of that night was that Metal Gear Solid Five won. They win. Not game of the year, but they won uh, a best action adventure game and best score soundtrack. They won that, uh, and instead of Kojima getting up to accept the award, Kiefer Sutherland got up to accept the award. And first, I'm like, Kiefer Sutherland, he made a terrible snake. That's the first thing that popped up (laughs) (laughs) into my head. Because, and uh, wow, I I can't believe I'm getting ready to go and rant on this again, but. He didn't sound like Snake. He sounded like Kiefer Sutherland. That's the problem with Kiefer Sutherland. Is I don't think he could sound like anything other than Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a pain. But anyway, he gets up. Now, after the fact, now, obviously, there's something wrong, but I was kind of like, okay. After the fact, uh, Jeff, well, Jeff was it, uh, Keely, he just comes out and says, Kojima couldn't be here because lawyers from Konami told him, barred him from coming to this award show. So he basically just put everything out there and said, yeah, Konami's being a dick and Kojima couldn't be here. And that got booze from the crowd. As well it should. How can Konami do that? Like, what the, what legal authority do they have over the Game Awards? <laughs> yes. You know, like, <laughs> they're like, with Kojima, we don't want you to have anything to do with that game. That's our award. Like, our award. <laughs> no, like, you didn't build that. It's just like... I don't know, like, why is Konami acting so butthurt over this situation? Like, what happened? I want to know (laughs) what happened. I cannot wait for Kojima to get out of his non-compete so he could talk to somebody. He's not going to talk to somebody. He's just going to make a crazy-ass game, and we're going to have to parse together from crazy shit within that game what happened. I'm there. I'm totally there. (laughs) Put it in the next zone of Enders. But, no, it's... I mean, this is like... This is like after like a couple breaks up and then they both try to go to the same bar at the same time and it's like bad shit happens and like one of them like either like they break into a fight or somebody like leaves crying <laughs> like <laughs> like like how like I don't understand like I get like I get that okay maybe like Konami doesn't want Kojima accepting the award but like how can you say like don't show up like like do you one like do you have a restraining order and how like how could you put it, apply a restraining order to a location, yeah. an event? Yeah. Like that's very, very peculiar. I mean, hell, if I was the if I was the Game Awards, I would have given Ko- like Kojima some kind of like career recognition award. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just get him here, give him something else. Like you know, like screw you, Konami, you're getting out of the games industry anyway. What do you care? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, once Kojima leaves, what else do they have? They have, like, well, oh, obviously they still have their franchises, but who do they have to work on these games for these franchises? They're just going to run them into the ground and make p- p- pachinko machines. Exactly. That's all it is. <laughs> it's all going to be pachinko now. Yeah, look forward to Kiefer Sutherland voicing Solid Snake on pachinko machines going forward. Dude, like, yeah, it's it's really sad to watch, you know, these classic... What you know? What's gonna happen to these classic series that we love? Metal Gear, Silent Hill, whatever else Konami has. I can't even remember. I can't even I can really name a bunch of their um not series, but their properties right now. Pez, 
you know, whoever plays Pez because they hate you know because they hate EA, so they play Pez instead. <laughs> um, I, it, I I almost kind of want them to go out of business so somebody else can buy their stuff. That's yeah. That's I think that's the only way that's going to happen. Or at least even if it's not go out of business, at least at least get to a point financially where they have to start selling off IP. Yes, right. yes. Somebody buy the stuff from them and make great games again. You know, like it, it's sad. Well, but, you know what? I think the thing is though, the important thing, like you said, is that Kojima is no longer with them. He can go do what he wants now. So all he needs to do is just find a decent corporate backer. And admittedly, I guess part of the problem is that Kojima may be hard to work with. But the thing is, like, you just accept, like, he's an artist. Like, you're going to throw money at him. It's going to be scary. He's going to make something amazing. <laughs> like, just ride that wave. And it's easy for me to say, I don't have money to throw at him. But... Oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah, but well, I, I think, you, you, like, at this point, I think anybody that, that gets into business with, with Kojima knows what to expect. And as long as they're okay with that, which they should be, then yeah, we. Uh, I, I I'm super curious to see what Kojima does next. Yeah, I do know his productions probably cost a shit ton of money. I mean, for Metal Gear Solid Five, they they built an entirely new game engine for that. Entirely new. The Fox engine, first of all, is great looking. It runs at sixty frames per second. Did never skipped a beat. Never had a problem with it. And ah oh man, I, I don't want to. If I sat here and talked about Metal Gear, we'd be here for another four hours <laughs> <laughs> to talk about how technically beautiful that game is. It's it's really cool. But um, no, nah, it, it is a real shame that they that they did this, and they're not really gaining any fans. They probably didn't accept expect Jeff to say anything about it. To be yeah. honest with you, they probably just thought it was gonna be kept under wraps. They were probably on the phone. You know that, that meme with that black guy on the phone. You ever see that one with the two phones? No, not with the two phones. Like he just has he has his one arm crossed and the other arm, uh, the other hand has a phone to his ear. No, I don't think I've seen that. Okay, I've said that to you. Like you, <laughs> I'll make that the picture for, for this <laughs> for this week's uh, for this week's Mashcast. But um. Yeah, they're probably on the phone like, uh, excuse me, why is he putting out dirty laundry out like that? Yeah, like, well, maybe you shouldn't have barred Kojima from the awards. They're not, like, I don't know. Konami is doing so much damage to themselves if they ever tried to come back to video games. Because they're definitely leaving. If they ever like try they to come care. back, all they need to do is be like, PT, and everybody's just going to fall right at their feet again. I don't know. The reason they, they people felt, uh, you know, love PT was because... Kojima and Del Toro were working on it. Without those names on it, I don't think it has the same thing. I think they can get Del Toro and so, well, actually, I don't know. Even Del Toro's like, I don't know why I keep getting involved with the video games. It never works out properly. So I'm I'm sure they can come up with something. To, if they want to come back, I'm pretty sure that they just have to make a suitable announcement and people will forgive all because that's how the video game players relate to the companies. I'm not buying it. They got to work hard for me. You're not a usual, you're not a typical gamer. <laughs> I'm a gamer that can hold a grudge. Yes, you actually you actually have like a moral code that you follow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great. Good job, Nick. <laughs> uh, okay, let's um let's move on to our next topic. Let's talk a little bit about the Nintendo NX. 
and the little bit that we know about it. So, the NX is, according to DigiTimes, the NX is expected to ship 10 to 12 million units in 2016. Now, that's not units sold. That's units shipped. We had a little conversation about that last week, remember? Mm -hmm. Shipped versus sold. So, yeah, they're expecting that the Nintendo NX will ship 10 to 12 million units in 2016. That seems a little off, doesn't it? Simply the fact that we don't know anything about the NX. Nintendo hasn't said anything about it. They haven't shown any E3. And there's no way, because unless they launch in the beginning of the year, which is highly unlikely, I, I, I dare say impossible, uh, there's no way they're selling 10 to 12 million units. Most consoles, they launch during the holiday season. You mean to tell me this thing's going to come out and they're going to ship 10 to 12 million units because they expect to sell you know, close to that? No way. It, it, it just doesn't really sit right. Well, we, I, uh, I don't, I think th- I don't feel like we can... Blown smoke. I don't feel like we can explicitly say no way because we don't know what it is, but that's what makes it so hard to swallow is because we don't know what it is. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, could you imagine a console that would sell 12 million units because it's just so amazing and has no actual basis in reality because we don't know what it is? Like... Yeah, what if it, you know, what if it, like, beams Mario directly into your brain? Like, and it's super cheap for $100. Yeah, I'd sure. be a little, I'd be a little scary. If, if I saw a console for $100, I'd be like, uh, I don't know about this, guys. It's like taking free candy from somebody. Yeah, so, but I guess, I guess but that's my point, is, like, in theory, like, they could, like, because we don't know anything, like, this console could very well meet whatever parameters we would need it to for it to sell that much. But given how we know that console launches tend, tend to normally go, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense at all. I'm very, uh, uh, I would say I am not necessarily convinced. <laughs> what I want to know is, like, how trustworthy is Digitimes to, to be coming up with this information? Because... Like, they have to be trustworthy, someone because a lot of people are talking about it. You know, a lot of people are talking about it, but that doesn't mean they're right. <laughs> like, I, and I guess, I guess that's fundamentally the thing is like, is Digitimes does Digitimes have the correct information, or is Nintendo just like completely lost it? Uh, I. I you know, sometimes these rumors tend to be true, but to be honest with you, I think, uh, I, I, I am not going to jump to conclusions until Nintendo actually says something, because this seems too good to be true. I don't even think Nintendo would expect to, sh- to ship or sell that many units, because, I mean, if they're making 10 to 12 million, if they're making or producing 10 to 12 million units, they expect to sell near that number. Yeah. They just don't want to have a bunch of overstock like Microsoft, you know, you go into a store, you see pallets of Xbox Ones there. They, you know, they, no, they, uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. Dude. Well, I, I think they're still thinking back to the Wii launch when that took off and like people were struggling to find Wii's that holiday season. And so maybe they're trying to ramp up production early to make sure that they have enough consoles available when whatever the NX is and however it's supposed to change gaming and be new and innovative, whenever that catches on and people start buying this up like hotcakes. Uh, yeah, but st- without knowing anything about it, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate your effort here, Nick. <laughs> 
I will go to the ground to play video games public defender if I have to. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your 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 work here, but it still sounds so far fetched. Does it not? Like, oh, I on. agree. I agree because it's it's. I, I think that's the weird thing is unless. I mean, this almost sounds like, because the article says, what, they're going to start mass production at the end of the first quarter 2016, and then I think normally when they start mass production, it's usually about, they start that about two or three months before they actually start, you know, actually launch the device. So, if they're starting it around, like, March, then that would mean, like, right around June they'd be having this go on sale, which would be, like, I mean, could they pull off? Could they be trying to do, like, we're going to announce the console at E3, and it's going to end with us saying that it's in stores on sale now? Maybe I don't know. Maybe like maybe they want that Apple, you know, that Apple feel to it. Right, but Apple can do that because they they control the Apple Store. That they control the the primary retail outlet. Whereas, like, how many times have we seen GameStop screw up and and leak news in a you know a week before, a day or two before something's actually supposed to be announced? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah, that's the thing. It's if they tra- if they really tried to. Uh, make that happen, you know, to to the effect of, uh, you know, launching it the day of. It would definitely be leaked beforehand. They can't, they can't even keep like specials and offers on lockdown at E3. Look what happened to the Destiny Taken King stuff. Oh yeah, we all knew what was going on because some some employee who didn't give a fuck took a picture of the, those cans of not Mountain Dew but uh, of um, Red Bull, Red Bull, and then posted it for everybody. Somebody that drinks Red Bull didn't give a fuck. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that their model? That's like their slogan, isn't it? <laughs> don't give Red a Bull, fuck. don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, it's... I don't know. Like, it, uh, I... Uh, this is far-fetched, I believe. It, it was just... So many outlets were talking about it, but I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe we... we, we should we talk about it? Well, yeah. The only, the only takeaway I have from this is that, like, they're going to have to announce it at E3 this year. Like it, it like this confirms that it's coming. Like Nintendo can't like just have like a oh, Zelda on the Wii U star Fox. And then like, that's it for E3. Like they have to be announcing the NX in 2016. Yeah. Well, they, they need a strong, they, they, well, I don't know. I, I, well, actually, first of all, if they actually have an E3 show period, that's true. I think that's, that's uh, enough to say, okay, something big's coming. Well, you know, maybe that's how Nintendo kind of beats the leak is that they just do their own event on their own schedule without really telling anybody. And then, like, they schedule that right before, like, GameStop would actually be in a position to mess that up. I mean, they could theoretically just, like, on a random Tuesday be like, Nintendo press event, bam. And, you know, it's off to the races at that point. Maybe, yeah. I, I wouldn't put that past them. I, I enjoy the Nintendo Directs, though. Yeah. They're entertaining, especially the last one. Yes. Maybe the last one was just, uh, well, I should say the e- the last Nintendo Direct, but the last, uh, their E3 presentation. Yeah, with the Muppets. With the, with the, with the puppets, yeah. And maybe because it was the last one for Iwata. That's true also. So, but uh, in terms of the NX, because a lot of people are expecting it to replace the Wii U, Nintendo says this is not the case. Nintendo says they are very aware, actually I'm looking for the article now, uh, but Nintendo is very aware that you know they have 10 million or over 10 million people who have Wii U's and they want to make sure that they still have you know games and software to play that they don't want to leave those people behind 
So it looks like Nintendo is going to be running three consoles at once, at least for now. The Wii, the Wii U, and the NX, whatever the NX actual name is when it comes out. The Wii U obviously going to get pushed to the wayside. Not the Wii U, sorry. But the Wii is obviously going to get pushed to the wayside. The Wii U will be uh, running next to the NX, according to Nintendo. I don't know. That sounds like what you say when you're getting ready to move into the next console generation, where you try to reassure everybody, like, oh, no, the stuff you have is still good for another year or two. Like, that's, like, yeah, you pay lip service to it, but come on. when the, If the NX is supposed to blow everybody away as much as it does, it's... Like, nobody's going to care about the Wii U. Like, yeah, you, you say this now because you don't want people to be like, oh, shit, the NX is coming. Why am I going to buy that Wii U? Like, you still want to move units. You know, you still want people to feel like they, they, they're going to, you know, they, they made a good choice. So, yeah, you say that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll still have games come out for it. But, come on, it, it's going to be NX all the way. Yeah, I know. I mean, but Sony, like, you know, some companies do keep up their end of the bargain. Like, Sony did say that there'd be support for the PS3 for quite some time after the PS4, and they have kept it up. I mean, there have been games released for the PS3 that did not come to the PS4. Yeah, and, and there have been games that have been released on the PS3 that have ruined the PS4 experience because they had to support the other the older console. Oh, yeah, that hurts a little bit, Nick. That hurts a little bit. He's talking about Destiny. In case hey, well, not, not, I mean, Destiny is the most prominent example, but it's not like Destiny is the only game guilty of that. That's true. That's true. There are some other games. I think Destiny is the most prominent example of that. So, but uh, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what Nintendo has to say about it. They haven't said anything, which is kind of a problem. But I, I would like to hear what Nintendo has to say, and then we'll make our judgments. But let's move on to our final topic here. Uh, Nick, why don't you talk about this first? The, the the console, you know, Paul Tassie and him discovering that console hard drives don't hold that much data. Uh, I don't know what you want me to say about it, because it, it's true. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's... This is this is one of those things where it's like the PCification of your console, where you have to install games onto it now, and especially as everything becomes more download friendly, and that we sort of move to an all download economy. Um, that yeah, you're 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 throwing stuff on your your console. I'll admit, I don't. I've never actually. That's not true. I did run into this towards the uh, end of the life of my PS3. It's still technically alive, but I don't really play it anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, the problem is that these consoles, especially given the how sort of rapidly storage t- tends to increase itself, like what looks like a good size hard drive at the launch of a console. I mean, when did the, when was the PlayStation three, what 2006 and the, how big were those hard drives? Like 50 gig. Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you imagine like my phone has more than 50 gig now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <This is> true. <laughs> like it's one of those things where that's a fundamental piece of the architecture. And it, that even more than like like game developers, they have to deal with how many CPUs are available. They have to deal with how much RAM is available. Like that's all d- dealt with on their end when they're developing the game. But storage, they they just assume like I guess there's a recommended amount for how much storage they can expect on a given console. But fundamentally, they could be like, oh no, if you, we've got a 500 gig, you know, 500 gigs of uh, storage on your PlayStation, we're going to use all of it. I mean. They wouldn't because that would be ter- terribly rude, but theoretically they could. Um, 
and yeah, so then at that point, you know, based on how much you've downloaded and how much you actually have to install for any given game, you tend to run out of storage space on your consoles. Um, and that becomes that becomes a management problem. Then in order to be a good gamer, you have to manage what do you download, what are you what are you deleting from your game that's still in the cloud that you can that you can re-delete la- or re-download later if you ever need it. You know what are you going to have to reinstall at some point in the future because you don't have enough room. Um, I mean, we used to run into this problem with memory cards back in the day, but at least you, those were easily replaced. The problem here is that it's not so easy to replace your hard drive. I mean, it can be done in certain cases, but usually you wind up having to upgrade to a newer version of the console anyway, which may be what they want. But yeah, it's it this yeah, it's this isn't really a new issue. It's a valid point that he's making that this is what one of the reasons why consoles will always kind of be behind PCs and that it's much easier to replace a hard drive on a PC. Do you need more storage? Just throw another hard drive in there. Replace the hard drive. I mean, it's not not you know, depending on the system, it's not necessarily trivial. Harder to do that on a laptop than it is on a desktop, but it's, you know, people with PCs are generally more used to ha- running into this problem and being able to deal with it. Well, yeah, then that that's the thing. I like he just the article, though, he sounded so surprised. Like he's just discovering this for the first time. Like, oh, no, like it's it's so weird. Like I, I, I my eyes have been opened that, you know, you can store more than five games on a console because, he, you know, he's he said or on or. or more than five games on my hard drive. You know, he, he said that, you know, he's been doing this for months and now I guess he's been playing a little bit more PC recently. And he's, he's finally coming around to the realization that, Oh wow, this is, this is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, really? No shit. Sherlock. Yeah. That's why, you know, 500 gigabyte hard drive. That's, that's, that is small. Like I have a, I have a two terabyte hard drive that I use for games on my PC and that's running out of space, you know. So for me, getting a five ter- a five gigabyte, a five hundred gigabyte hard drive is is it was really small. Now, the thing I do like about the Xbox though versus the PS4, you can add additional storage to Xbox pretty easily. Uh, you, you can, as long as you're using USB 3.0, you can hook up an external drive. Like I have a three terabyte USB drive waiting for me to use it uh, on my Xbox. I just need another plug so I can power it up, but yeah, like I, I, my Xbox is going to have 3.5 terabytes of space. And USB 3.0, the transfer speeds are, are pretty comparable to a, to a regular hard drive. thing about PC, though, like, and I think he even mentioned this in an article, like one of his friends put an SSD hard drive into their PS. Oh, yes. Yeah, and that greatly increase, uh, speeds up loading time, which it will, but, you know, that's something we've been doing on PC for, PC for a long time. Like, yes, consoles are lagging behind. We said that when the consoles came out. That the consoles are behind in graphics, in processing power, and in hard drive space. I think it's one of those things. Like, like, like there are some people that are very committed to the consoles, and I, I, I love my console too. Like, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, like a well-maintained gaming system PC beats anything. That's the best experience you can get for anything, assuming it's available on that platform. Like, hands down. Yeah, yeah, that that that's true. There, there are there are no consoles that are top of the line technology. There are none. Well, they kind of can't be by definition because they have to be mass produced and they have to all be the same thing. Well, well that's, that's, that's mass production. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. The last console generation did so well because when the consoles actually came out, they were top of the line. 
Xbox, One, Xbox 360, and PS3 were on par with PC graphics for about six months, maybe a year. Yeah, that's about all they could hope to be. Yeah, and then they got, you know, PC blew past them. But they were top of the line. That's why the last generation lasted so long. But it's also why Microsoft didn't make, you know, for the first few years of the Xbox One, they didn't make money. Same thing with Sony. They didn't make money for quite some time. Yeah. And they didn't want that to happen this time. They wanted to make money from day one. So they're like, well, people need graphics jumps. And we waited eight years. So we could jump the graphics and still not go top of the line. But yeah, console. I, I, I think it would be crazy if the NX has top of the line graphics when it comes out. You know, Nintendo might be the one company that after kind of like, like they did so well with the Wii and then they got the shit kicked out of them with the Wii U. And then like, they might just be like, Screw it. We don't care if we're going to lose money on this for a while. We'll make it back. We're Nintendo. It's what we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they're going to beam Mario into your brain. And, you know, it works well for Nintendo, uh, you know, the low, the lower fidelity graphics because of the type their, their games are very animated. Yes. So it works out well for them. But now you'll have, imagine if you have a console that's super powerful. So not only do you have the first party Nintendo console sellers, because Nintendo's the only manufacturer making console sellers at this point so you have the nintendo console sellers and then on top of that you have uh third-party titles epic finally starts making games for nintendo because epic is a graphics whore epic makes games for which you know as long as their engine can shine they'll make a game for it and that's why they don't like to work with nintendo now yeah but no one's gonna buy the epic games because their trailers suck yeah you're not gonna buy the uh <laughs> the epic games because that trailer sucked. The rest of us can get past that. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Uh, but yeah, I mean... His eyes are open. I'm sorry it had to happen this way. <laughs> uh, you know... I was going to say, like, now do you take the red pill or the blue pill? Do you, you know, Do you go back to your consoles or do you join the PC Master Race? Yes, exactly. Like, what do you do? The choice is yours. You know, the PC Master Race doesn't just welcome anybody either. It's a tough life. <laughs> <laughs> we only take the best of the best. Thank you. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it's going to wrap us up here. What do you think, Nick? I think we're good. I think I think we're good. Oh, do you want to talk more about comic books? Um, no, no, because that's that Batman Superman trailer that, that little discussion we had actually made me sad <laughs> that made me made me a little sad i'm sorry about that then thanks nick i should have brought you. that up that was, that was that was wrong of me uh, well as always thank you for listening uh this podcast you can catch us every monday we also have double tap which is uh, supposed to be the first monday or the first week of every month however it's going to be on the second week of this month, so you'll hear it this week coming up. Uh, we also have In Orbit, which is our Destiny podcast. Oh, yeah, Double Tap is about fighting games, by the way. <laughs> I forgot to mention that part. It, uh, de- uh, Double Tap is uh, for about the, it's about the FGC, and, well, the FGC is fighting game community. It's, it's about the fighting game community and the games they play. Uh, and Orbit is our Destiny podcast about, you know, for the Destiny community and the issues going on there. I am curious to see what's going to happen, you know, what attitude the guys have this week. Because the last two Destiny, uh, or the last two in Orbits have been pretty negative 
And that's Bungie's fault, not their fault. It's not the guys who do the podcast, well, that's Bungie's fault for fucking up the game. Uh, so, yeah, there's In Orbit, it's every other week, and that's actually this week you'll hear one. Then we have WoW Talk, which is every other week. They alternate with In Orbit. And WoW Talk is about World of Warcraft, if you couldn't guess that one. And Nick's on that one. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good show. It is a pretty good show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so on all of our podcasts, you can find on iTunes, they're on Over... Cast, almost said Overwatch. <laughs> they are on Overcast for iOS. They are on Stitcher Smart Radios, SoundCloud, Pocket Cast, and Player.fm. And there's also an RSS feed if you just want to grab it and put it into whatever RSS reader you have. Uh, if you want to help us out, you want to contribute, uh, you can do so just by sharing the podcast. We'd appreciate it if you shared the podcast if you enjoyed it. Uh, you can also rate us you know, on iTunes or other places that can be rated. Uh, leave us a comment if you have any questions. We'd love to hear back from you guys. Definitely, like, you know, got a comment, question. Think, you know, agree with what we said, disagree with what we said. By all means, let us know. And uh, with that, like I said, um, oh, I was going to say thank you for listening again. But don't forget to follow us on the Twitters. Uh, we're at twitter.com slash MTB site. Nick, what's your Twitter? I'm at WookieBH. Yes, and I'm at underscore J-A-A underscore, so it's underscore jaw underscore. And we're on Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons and YouTube.com slash Mash Those Buttons. And like I said before, thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. 